your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 472 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Alongside Brandon Pillar up in the Blue Mountains in Pilsy, it is an Ottawa Senators game day. I can't believe we made it here. It's been a long time, and as far as I'm concerned, this is the first game of the year for the Sens, so let's hope they come out with a bang. We'll have a full preview of tonight's matchup against the Calgary Flames, explain why we're not going to North Dakota this weekend. Ridley Gregg is back doing his thing in Brandon, and a whole lot more. This is the Locked On Senators Podcast, your team every day. Today is Thursday, January 13th, Pelzi. It's feeling like opening night. What are the emotions going into a hockey game for the Ottawa Senators? <laughs> I know, crazy, eh? A hockey podcast talking about actually playing a hockey game. I'm I'm fired up for Sens hockey, that's for sure, Ross. Especially, this is a silver lining on the fact that I'm supposed to be on a plane right now heading to Winnipeg to go to North Dakota. We had planned to watch the Sens versus Jets postponed okay you know what that's fine it happens so we're gonna go to nodak catch a game there hey they're playing two games there let's catch two games at nodak yeah that didn't happen either as those games versus omaha are also postponed so that's why i'm here at my studio and uh, not sitting beside you on the couch there unfortunately yep that's the way the world is right now and there's not much we can do except hope that they find a way to reschedule this game they said we still got they- tickets They might not be able to, and if that's the case, they'll go off points percentage for the conference final. We're making a pact, though. We are seeing Jake Sanderson live at some point this year. Before he's an Ottawa senator. We need to do it before he's a senator. Exactly. Enough's enough. I got unlucky when I went down in November. He was sick, didn't play. And then this whole fiasco where it is an outbreak on the North Dakota side. We thought we were in the clear because Omaha shut down their program two weeks ago. We're like, oh. They'll just be back right in time. All good. No, not quite the case. So, yeah. unfortunately, no trip to the Ralph this weekend. But some sense prospects did have themselves a night. But before we get to that, back to the Senators organization. We're going to preview the Calgary game at the end of today's show. There are some lineup notes we have to get to. But the AHL squad played yesterday afternoon. You caught that game. What was your impression and who stood out? Yeah, well, I caught the first two periods. Uh, I couldn't catch the third period, which is too bad. That's when the Sens actually finally got some pucks in the net. And, hey, it was uh, old, old friends, Igor Sokolov. He gets one from the red line. I mean, talk about having one hell of a shot when you're just scoring goals from the red line. Now, obviously, a fluke goal that uh, just gets past the Marley's goalie there. But then Lassie Thompson's goal was an absolute beauty. He floats in from the blue line, has time and space gets into that high slot and just wires a wrist shot in. So you love to see Lassie getting the offense going. I think that's a big part of his game and boosts his confidence. But 
Ultimately, Ross, the Sens lose to the Marlies 4-2, and that's a really disheartening loss. They need to be winning those games. Yes, still last in their division right now, Pilsy, and that's not going to help in any way. If you're curious, yes, Michael Delzato extended his AHL point streak to three games. He had an assist. It's on fire. has five apples and three. And eight, three I goals. think uh, I checked. He's got eight points. Yeah, eight points. Five in, plus three, uh, buddy. Let's go. Yeah, so he, he's been doing good. <laughs> Although there was times where he needed a bit of a heat check there, Ross. Like he's playing a little too confident. Like he was leading, um, leading the team up the ice on the power play and just sends the softest, nonchalant pass across the ice. The Leafs penalty killer is surprised that it's there. He gets it and he goes on a breakaway. Luckily, he gets bailed out by Gus there. But it was just one of those moments where like, what? What is that? Like, that is way too much confidence. But when you're lighting it up like him, you can't blame him. And funny enough, his last time in the AHL was with the Connecticut Whale uh, 10 years ago. So it's been a while since Delhi's been in the Always Hungry League and uh, he's staying hungry. Lassie Thompson, one goal, but also six penalty minutes. He had a, a uh, penalty in each period, interference, then slashing, then tripping. So uh, he's got to work on staying out of the box. And you mentioned Gus getting his first start since early December, his first start in the AHL this season, or did he get any in already? It's his second start okay. down in the AHL this season. Still looking for his first win. But great to see him play well. 27 saves there on 30 shots. I mean, it's great just to see him play. Like, you can see, you can put a period there. Like, it's yeah. incredible how long it's been since this guy's played. And I thought he looked pretty good. Like, the two goals that I saw the Marlies score, it was more classic sense, a case of defensive breakdown. And literally, a Leafs player is wide open and has all the time and space to make a quick play. And not much Gus could have done there. So, and then one of them, uh, I believe, was an empty netter at the end. So, I think for, for Gus, that's a good way to get back. And I think it's going to be good for him to get a bunch of starts down in Belleville because he needs them and Belleville needs uh, someone to really bail them out. They, they need to steal a couple games there because the streak that they're going on, just barely losing these games is, is not going to cut it. They need to start putting some, uh, putting some win streaks together here. Yeah, and let's hope they can. One <clears throat> perfect transition away from the Marlies and into the Toronto Maple Leafs losing 2-1 last night. And sends abroad Ryan Dezingle scoring both goals for the Arizona Coyotes. That you just love to see. So in the past really week, do. the Leafs have blown a three-goal lead, or was it a four-goal lead? No, it was 4-1. It was 4-1, yeah. Three-goal lead and lose 2-1 to the Arizona Coyotes. That's tough. Yeah, that's real tough. So shout out Zinger for uh, keep, keeping the rivalry going. He's, he's still a Sen at heart, and he knows he's got to bury those two up against the Leafs. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe he'll add a, a third tour of duty. To I honestly wouldn't even be that surprised, Jesus. <laughs> I, I was surprised when he came back the first time, but yeah. now you can't you can't surprise me. I'm a Sens fan. Yeah, <laughs> nothing shocks us anymore, eh? Jeez. All right, Pilsy. So we've got into the Belleville Senators. We still have more to come with the Ottawa Senators on a game day. If you don't remember the last time they played, well, we don't talk about it. But if we did, it was a 6 nothing loss to those Toronto Maple Leafs on New Year's Day. And you have to go back to Philadelphia before that. The last game, the Senators scored a goal. Artem Zub had put the Sens up 3-2. They lose that game in overtime and it's been a long wait until now when the senators are in calgary ready to take on the flames a team 
who's struggling of late, lost three in a row, but they're still a well above 500 team, a playoff team at that middle of the pack. If you're looking at the entire league, but certainly improved off of what the senators last saw from the flames last season. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think it just took a while for Daryl Sutter to kind of set in and uh, really have guys buy into his approach and, and figure it out. And when you get the goaltending that they're getting, like Markstrom is now proving he's worth that big, massive contract they signed him to out of free agency. And then their backup, uh, Dan Vladar, is has been very good too. So it's going to be interesting to see which one we, we see tonight up against uh, the Flames. But Either way, this is a team that has a lot of depth too. Like their forward depth is very good and the top guys are performing. Like Johnny Goudreau had a bit of a down season for for his standards last year. That's not the case this year. Like he's been absolutely lighting it up. And Elias Lindholm, I think he's obviously not to the extent, but remember how for years it was Alex Barkov is the most underrated player in the league, underrated player. Now I'm not saying he's at Barkov level, but I don't think people quite give Elias Lindholm the credit he deserves because in the past couple seasons, he's been a number one center there and he's been quietly lighting it up. So that's definitely someone that the Sens are going to have a tough time with. If you're just listening again, you can watch the show on YouTube. We appreciate all the subscriptions and thumbs up on our videos. It goes a long way for the algorithm, but the Calgary flames, we've got their lineup there. And if you're just listening, I'll run through it quickly. Their top line. It's been together for pretty much the entire season. Elias Lindholm at center with Johnny Goudreau and Matthew Kachuk on either wing. The second line, Sean Monaghan in between Blake Coleman and Andrew Mangiapane. The third line, Mikhail Backlund between Dylan Dubé and Brett Ritchie. Almost said Nick, Brett Ritchie in Calgary. And then the, the fourth line is Adam Ruzicka in between Milan Lucic and Trevor Lewis. That is the most Daryl Sittler line, Daryl Sutter line, <laughs> that I have ever seen. On defense, Noah Hannafin with Rasmus Anderson. Second line is Shillington with Chris Tanev. And the third pair, again, this has Daryl Sutter's name all over it. Nikita Zadorov and Eric Goodbranson. You mentioned as well, doesn't matter whether it's Markstrom or Vladar, both these tendies can stop the puck. What's your overall impression of how Daryl Sittler's... Why am I saying it twice? You're obsessed with Daryl Sittler over here. Daryl Sutter. Sutter. There you go. Sutter. There's only like 18 Sutter brothers. (laughs) Jesus. Um, What are your thoughts on on this lineup and how the Sens match up against it? Well, it's interesting because, I mean, a lot of people roll on their eyes when DJ Smith says this is a big, tough team. So we need Scott Sabrin and we need Josh Brown in here. But like you mentioned, this Daryl Sittler team, Ross, is just stacked with big players, Daryl Sutter. I mean, and uh, there's so like. Zadorov and Gabranson, that's a big uh, bottom pair. Then Lucic, Rizika, and Lewis, like that's a that's a tough line to play against. So I kind of see what he's saying there, and you don't want to just get bullied out there. So I kind of get that point. But yeah, this is a team that plays hard, gritty, tough, grinding hockey, and then they finish it off with some skilled players up top. That when you give them the chances, they're going to make you pay. So. You really have to be on top of your physical game. You can't back down at all with this team. And uh, that Nick Paul line, they're going to have their work cut out for them. Like that's, uh, he's, he's going to be used in a shutdown role, it sounds like. I mean, that's classic Nick Paul line. So I think that's going to be interesting to see how that line fares. 
Usually it's a little bit better to have your third line as the checking line rather than have three third lines. <laughs> yes. When you take Timmy out, out here, it really changes the complexion of the Senators' entire organization. We'll get to their lines in just a minute, but a couple more notes on the Calgary Flames. Andrew Mangiapane is going for the Cy Young. Yeah. The, the award that's it's just like the masters you know you're looking at the green jacket for the worst plus minus you have some fun with the Cy Young as well a guy who has a ton of goals but not many assists so as a MLB pitcher would have a lot of wins and not so many losses Mangiapane 18 goals Pilsy do you know how many assists three yeah (laughs) yeah and and like he's been able to keep this going all season Ross like look at his shooting percentage 21.4 percent like that's pretty damn impressive. And he's a guy that we got to see at uh, international stage, right? Connor Brown and Nick Paul, they know him well from playing with him. And he had a good tournament. He was uh, MVP of the tournament, no? He was, yeah. Yeah, so clearly Maggiapani is coming into his own here. And he's a guy that uh, for a top six, he can be sneaky and maybe someone that you're, you don't think you're too worried about. And then he gets time and space. And yeah, 18 goals, 21.4 shooting percentage, like... He'll make you pay too. Yes, and the Calgary Flames as a team will make you pay. They average the fourth most shots per game of any team in the league, just behind the Panthers, Bruins, and Los Angeles Kings. So that's some pretty good company up at the top there. They don't allow a whole lot either. So that's a recipe for the success. They're top 10 in fewest shots against per game. They've got a great penalty kill, as you'd expect, under Daryl Sutter. There you go. As they're Nailed killing it. off 83.7% of their penalties. All right, let's get to the Ottawa Senators lines in tonight's game. It's Norris, Kachuk, Batherson. That ain't changing injuries withstanding. Now, beyond that, Pilsy, this it's just insane. You take out a 19-year-old, a teenager here for, for two more days. As uh, We've got a birthday coming up for young Timmy Superstar. But yeah, you true. take a 19-year-old out of the lineup and this... Whole dynamic changes in a hurry. You've got Nick Paul in between Alex Formington and Connor Brown. Then you've got Gambrell between Sanford and Watson. And then Tierney between Ennis and Sabrin. As Coach DJ Smith thought it was important to get Sabrin in. Although, I've seen Sabrin fight and he is, he's fearless. He's, he's gone up. He's fought Ryan Reeves. He's fought other big, big players in the league. I think he might have even fought Lucic before, but he ain't beating him in a fight. And I don't think he's deterring Lucic from doing a damn thing out there. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I, Ross, I don't really like these lines. Like, it just, obviously, the top line is amazing. But, like, going down the lineup, they just don't make a lot of sense. Like, Paul, Brown, and Formington, isn't that almost the exact same makeup as Stutzla, Paul, and Brown? It just didn't work, right? Like, Paul and Brown... They're a good duo, but then having a guy with speed and offensive capabilities, that's kind of getting anchored down by those two defensive players. It just doesn't make sense to have Formant in there for me. And then Ennis and Tierney, small, like Ennis, little water bug out there, small, fast, offensive player. Tierney, a guy who doesn't play with a lot of pace, but he can dish the puck. And then you get Sabrin on that line. Like that just doesn't make a whole lot of sense either. And then Going down, you can even go down to the decor. Uh, I'll, I'll list them off here for you, Ross. So they got Shabbat playing with JBD. Love that. That's, I like that. That's home, great. Home, hometown game for uh, for JBD, front of friends and family for the first yep. time. Yep, exactly. So I, I like Shabbat and JD. That's great. Holden and Zoop. 
that's fine as well. But then you look at Brandstrom and Josh Brown, like those are two guys that haven't played in months. And we talked about Brandstrom getting an opportunity here to play on the right side. Okay, that's not happening. We talked about Brandstrom getting an opportunity to play with a good steady D partner. It may be Artem Zoop. Yeah, that's not happening. So it just doesn't make sense to me. Like why not do Shabbat, JBD, Brandstrom, Zoop, Holden, Brown? Because then you get a younger player with um, with someone more experienced and more stable. You know what I mean? Because Shabbat can help out JBD. Zub can help out Branstrom. Holden can help out Josh Brown. Like, I don't know. I just wish they would give Branstrom more of a chance here. And every day that goes by, Ross, for me, is the writings on the wall that this organization doesn't have a lot of faith in Eric Branstrom. And I don't know where he fits into their long, long-term plans these days because it just it seems like they're just throwing him out there. Like they're not trying to piece him in a good spot. They're just like, okay, well, we got to get you out there. So we'll just toss you on the bottom pair with Josh Brown, a guy who hasn't played in a long time, doesn't complement your, your playing style very much. And it is only going to play 10 minutes or whatever. So I just, I don't, I don't like the way they've set up these lines because I don't think there's a lot of chemistry throughout them. One thing about that bottom pair, and I agree with you, I'd like to see Branstrom in a more elevated role, but they did play well together at the end of last season. Remember, before Shabbat got hurt and that pushed Branny up the lineup, it was him and Josh Brown, and Brown played his best stretch of hockey that he did with the Senators. He was plus five in ten games, Bilzy. Obviously, points you're not looking at with Josh Brown, but he was a guy who was out there. He had a ton of hits, ton of blocked shots, and he wasn't as much of a liability in his own end. So, I wonder if it could work, maybe. We just but, haven't seen that Josh Brown this year. And I know. to be completely honest, we haven't seen that Eric Brandstrom this year. Even in the AHL, Ross, like we, you and I, we we both know what Eric Brandstrom looked like in the AHL this year. And it was not good. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I guess, I guess in that sense, yeah, you got to shelter these guys and put them in a lower uh, role here, but... We'll, we'll see how it goes, but Nikita Zaitsev has got to be close to coming back here, right? And then when that happens, that that shifts everything on the decor as well. Yeah, we'll see who's in in the next couple of weeks because the Senators are about to play a ton of yes. hockey. Oh, postponements withstanding again there. So <laughs> we'll see, but they should. If they're going to play 82 games this year, Pilsy, then they got to play a lot of hockey coming up because they're one of two teams in the National Hockey League that have played less than 30 games. They're at 29, so it'll be game number 30 tonight. And then the New York Islanders have played 28 games. They also are back in action tonight. So we got still more to get to on this preview. I keep pausing because like it feels so weird to do a preview show. Only the second know, game. Yeah. Only the second game since uh, December 18th. Almost a month between games for the Ottawa Senators and it was just a weird one on New Year's Day that we do not talk about on this we show. Talk. We do talk about Ridley Gregg on this show, friend of the yeah. show who's been on twice with us. He scored twice in his return to Brandon, and those weren't just two goals, Pilsy. Those are two highlight real beauties. Yeah, I'm not sure if it was the first or second goal, but uh, Sens Prospect tweeted out a highlight he, video. He's got of, both up there. Our boy Sens Prospect doesn't miss. I, sh- I should have guessed that. But the one goal that I saw and was watching was – just incredible. Like Ridley Gregg brings it from his own end. Nice, uh, nice passing by the Wheat Kings to set up their power play breakout. They come out through the neutral zone. He's flying, carrying the puck, heads into the new uh, offensive zone, gives it off to his teammate, goes right to the net, 
falls down, is on his knees doing the electric slide, and he gets the pass back in the give and go and buries it back door. Like, this kid is absolutely electric, and he's going to continue making a mockery of the WHL down there because things are too easy for Ridley down there. It's a damn shame he didn't get to show his talents at an international level. Okay, I've been holding on to this for a while, and maybe maybe we don't tag him yet, but I had to post this. This was uh, Elite Prospect's reaction to him being selected 28th overall by the oh, Senators. Boy. Ridley Greg. Ridley and Greg. That is an awful pick. <laughs> like we knew somebody was going to pick him in the first round, but that is an awful pick. Holy crap. Awful pick, according to Elite Prospects. Well, Ridley Gregg up to 30 points in 20 games. So how are you? That guy's got to be penciled in for a spot on the Ottawa Senders next year, no? Yeah, I don't know. To be honest, I would like to see him play some time in Belleville. And now it seems like their center depth is actually kind of figured out. But Chris Tierney would probably be heading out the door here. So that opens up a spot. But then you got to wonder what's going on with Colin White. Um, I, I I would like to see him play a little bit of time in Belleville. But it's not going to be long before Ridley Gregg is up here lighting it up. Like I, I, We've talked about it a bunch. I just salivate when I start thinking about him on a line with Formatin. Like those guys, skill, speed, and grit is what you love to see from those two. And I think that that would be a good one-two punch for a good third line. Maybe throw Connor Brown on the other side there to get some veteran uh, defensive uh, a- acquisition down there too. So I think that'd be awesome. Remember, once he makes the team, he won't be playing right away. He's got one game suspension to sit out oh, at, yeah. the, <laughs> at the NHL level. Um, That's hilarious. All right, let's get into our lookout, our locked-on player, and some keys to victory for tonight's game, remember, it's in Calgary, so it's a 9 o'clock Eastern start for the Ottawa Senators before they take on the Edmonton Oilers on Saturday, a little back-to-back in Berta. Pilsy, you got a word from one of our favorite sponsors, though, before we get to that preview. Ross, the Senators are back in action. I can't believe I'm actually saying it, and you too can get back in the action. Get off the sidelines now that the Senators are playing again. And we're hoping that it's now a regular schedule. You can get into a regular schedule, sitting on your couch and getting some action on the NHL. And the best way to do that is to go to betonline.ag, the trusted online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network and the Locked On Senators Podcast. Because at betonline.ag, you can bet on the overs, unders, props, reverse puck line, puck line, money line. They got it all. And the best way to do that... Go to betonline.ag, sign up, make a free account today, and use our promo code Locked On. We're hooking you guys up. So how it works is you use our promo code, you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus. So let's say you put $100 into your account when you join, bingo, bango, bongo, you're getting $50 in free play money. You can use that free play money all over betonline.ag and bring back some shekels for yourself. So guys, check it out today betonline.ag promo code locked on for 50% welcome bonus it's betonline.ag your online sportsbook experts all right pilsy so it's the ottawa senators looking for their 10th win of the season going up against the calgary flames tonight what's your key to victory for the ottawa senators 
My key to victory is don't fall into the trap of letting a Daryl Sutter game get you down. You know what I mean? Like, don't let the fact that they're hitting you hard, that they're that they're playing a simple, gritty, meat and potatoes type of game. Don't fall into that trap and get comfortable. You need to you need to bring back that intensity. And I mean, if there's a team that uh, Ottawa can match up well against playing style, maybe not talent style, but playing style, it's the Calgary Flames because DJ Smith prides himself and his team on the fact that they're coming to work every night. Sure, they may not have more talent, but they're not going to roll over and let these big teams, these big contending teams, just take advantage of them. They're going to play hard, gritty, grinding hockey as well. And that's why he brought two of the big boys in, whether whether you like it or not. That's the mindset there, right? So I think you just can't let the fact that these flames are going to come out hard. They're going to hit you hard. Don't let it get you down. You got to stick to your game plan. And I think they can hang tight with these guys if they can keep it to a low scoring game. And if the defense doesn't have any of those major uh, overlooks and just missed assignments. You can't be losing after two periods. If you're the Ottawa senators, the Calgary flames when leading after two periods are 15. Oh, and one this year have not lost in regulation. Only one OT wow. loss in 16 attempts when winning after the second period. So Damn. that's something if you're the senders, you got to look out for when scoring first Calgary's 13, four and three to your point about Sutter style hockey, where you just score first and you shut it yeah. down. If you're looking at goals against per period, the flames have given up the third fewest goals in the first period. And they've given up the fifth, sorry, fourth fewest goals in the third period. So it's a team that starts games and ends games strong. You got to hope there's that mushy middle where you can take advantage in the second period. But, of course, the second period hasn't necessarily been the Ottawa Senators' best period of the season as we've seen in time and time again. But with the Senators, for me, I keep going back to it, but until they fix it, I'm going to continue to. Don't let a goal against turn into more than what it is. These guys, you saw it against Toronto multiple times. You saw it against Philadelphia and basically every other game this season where one turns to two, sometimes even three. And then you can just point at that three-minute stretch in the game and be like, all right, that's where it was lost. So they need a more consistent effort. And I expect them to come out a little bit flat in the first period. What is a saving grace is the fact they've been practicing in Calgary now for three days. You heard that great mic'd up yesterday from oh, Drake so Patterson awesome. on uh, the Sens Twitter. But playing in the altitude, it affects them. Like he's saying, like the breathing's a little bit tougher up there. So yep. it is important that they have had a few games or a few days already to prepare for tonight. Yeah, exactly. And Ross, so what's the thing? Uh, we don't want to talk about these games too much, but the last two games the Sens have played, what was the biggest detriment? No shots in the first like 10 minutes. Oh they come out God. so friggin' flat. I'd so, forgotten. I mean, let's. I just want like first shift that uh, top line, Norris, Batherson, and Brady, just get into the zone and fire one quick shot on that. Josh Norris, shoot first center, get into the zone and just get a puck on whoever is playing because yeah. they cannot go five plus minutes without a shot to start a game. Like that's just unacceptable. So that's a big one. Yeah, well, it was, what, 13 minutes in the yeah. first against Philly and then 10 minutes against Toronto. So let's say key to victory, get a shot in the first five minutes of the game, all right? Yeah, yeah, let's start with that. Baby steps here. You, you don't give steak to a baby, right? All right, let's get the opponents out of the way and finish off with our locked-on player. So who, who are you looking out for the most on the Calgary Flames? Well, we talked about uh, – I, I have two choices here. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the the top one though, and it's it's the guy I talked about, Elias Lindholm. Like I just think he's so underrated. Anytime you get to center a line between Johnny Goudreau and Matthew Gachuk, like that's that's quite an honor. Like you're you're getting two of the best play. You are getting the two best players on your team, and a small skilled guy that has the puck on a string and Johnny Goudreau, and then a Matthew Gachuk style player on the other side of you, like. He's got to feel invincible sometimes. All he has to do is get those guys the puck and figure out how to play with them, which he has. So Elias Lindholm is my lookout player because I really think this guy's an absolute stud. My lookout player is his line mate, Matthew Kachuk. Now, thank God for the All-Canadian division last year because it certainly threw cold water on the Kachuk versus Kachuk storyline because it was cute in the first year when they had their first two meetings. But after that, you're like, okay, they're two brothers. They play against each other every once in a while. Like we see that in the NHL often. There's lots of brother duos. And they're not going to fight. Like, let's just get over that. Yes. (laughs) That being said, and shout out Spencer Blake. He said this is his least favorite stat ever, but I like it in these situations. In his career against the Ottawa Senators, Matthew Kachuk's got 15 points in 18 games. Brady Kachuk's got seven in 14 against the Flames. So that's probably pretty close to par for each of these guys. Matthew Kachuk still at this point in his career. Now he's two years older, so he's got that on him. Uh, 31 points in 33 games. He's he's like a point-per-game player. And I'm going to be worried that he's going to continue his hot streak right now because we know what he brings away from the puck. But this guy has been on an absolute heater. He went three straight games without a point, ending the day after his birthday there, December 12th. Since then, he's got 20 points in 19 games. He's plus 11, and he's been averaging 18 minutes a game. This guy's on an absolute heater right now. And he was the only guy who didn't get COVID. <laughs> Somehow, some way, they had 20 players on their COVID list, and Matthew Kachuk was not among them. So I'm looking out for him tonight as a guy who's going to drive offense and get under the skin of some Ottawa Senators players. Well, just uh, what was Brady's famous quote, Ross? Why he didn't get COVID? I'm just out here living just life. Following the rules. Following the rules. So that's what the Kachucks are doing, I guess. Yep. Not that people that got COVID weren't following the rules. Just a quick disclaimer there. But uh, yeah, all right. So uh, I'll move on to my locked on player, Ross. And uh, for this one, it, it's got to be Nick Paul. Like this is a big opportunity for him. He he kind of poured cold, uh, water on it being like, ah, it's old hat. I played center before. My role doesn't really change. But getting bu- like he was playing on the fourth line and then getting bumped up to the second line and now playing center is a big deal. So let's see how he can handle this. And Let's see how the dynamic works with Formant in there instead of Tim Stutzler. We didn't love the the dynamic when Stutzler was there. It just wasn't wasn't doing it for us. It didn't create much offense, and it wasn't the, the shutdown line it was supposed to be. So let's see if Nick Paul can change things with Formant in here, even though it's a short sample size, right? Like the second Timmy's back, he's back down uh, in a bottom six role, and Timmy's taking that spot. So let's see what Nick Paul can do in this small sample size here. I'm locked on Eric Brandstrom tonight because yeah, I think he's going to get some power play time. I he think better. he'll play on the second unit. Yep. So you have that going for you in itself. And without Timmy, like, do you think about going two defensemen on the top unit and allow Brandstrom to, to snap it around with, with the top guys up there? Maybe. I mean, what, what happened in the past? Sanford uh, got those yeah, minutes, right? Exactly. So maybe that will be the case there. Or maybe a guy like Tyler Ennis, like he's, I mean, obviously. Best not to ever recent. do it. 
Yeah, yeah, best ever. Lace him up, as uh, Drake said. But he's a guy that had success early on the power play. It's been kind of a dry spell for Tyler Ennis here. He's been in and out of the lineup, too, so that'll happen. I mean, (laughs) look who he's playing with tonight. Exactly. But he's playing down there because he hasn't, like, he still looks good out on the ice, but he hasn't been producing Mm -hmm. uh, recently. So it'd be nice to see Tyler Ennis get back in the board there, too. But, uh, yeah, Brandstrom. That's a big one. Like the, finally, he's getting back into NHL action. Let's see how he does. Yeah, what I'm most locked on is how much time is he going to get? How much opportunity is he going to get to really make an impact on the game? Because he's the type of player that isn't going to do a whole lot if he gets 11 or 12 minutes. Let let him fly a little bit. Yep, let agreed. him let him go out, play 17, 18 minutes, even upwards of 20, and see what happens. Woo. But I'm pretty nervous. About, I don't think he gets 20 minutes, Ross. I think DJ's going to yeah, keep him on a bit of a more yeah. leash, especially. He's obsessed with the idea that Calgary's a big, heavy team, so he has to match that. And I exactly. think that's a little barbaric of a way of, of thinking where why don't you just try to find ways that you can beat them? Because when I see a third pair of Zadorov and Gabranson, I don't see them as like, oh, we got to – we got to be as physical as them. No, chip and chase. Make them pivot and try to go back and retrieve pucks. And I don't know who's making the first pass out of the zone on that pair. Yeah. But you better be. Let's hope it's goody. You better be oh, man on man in the neutral zone because you should be able to step up like a cornerback or a safety and have pucks go the other way in a hurry. So, yeah, yeah I'm hoping that Branstrom can move pucks for the Senators and allow that to create some offense and extended zone time because that game against Toronto that we don't talk about, if I'm going to talk about it, they didn't have the puck nearly enough to win that game. So focus on puck possession would be my final key to a Senators victory right now and get some saves. We don't know yet whether it's Matt Murray or Anton Forsberg, but who do you want in this game, Ross Forsberg? (laughs) I think I've seen enough of Matt Murray, but I understand why. Uh, his time in Ottawa is not done. I throw Forzy back in there as long as he's 100%. We know he had a bit of an extended stay on the COVID list, but again, he's got a few practices under his belt. I'm not overly concerned about who it is, more that whoever it is is going to stop Pox. Yeah, I think I would go to Forsberg too, just because, man, that was, uh, uh, once again, we don't talk about it, but that game up against the Leafs was just brutal. Matt Murray's got to have PTSD from that one, like six six goals is tough. So, And we all know he did not have a whole lot of luck up against Calgary, Edmonton, uh, or even, I don't think, Vancouver. Any, any of the West Coast teams last season did not go well for Matt Murray. So... Yeah, I think you get Forsberg in here just because he's a little more comfortable. And I think uh, the boys feel a little better playing in front of him. Like the boys play flat in front of Murray. I don't know what it is. So I I don't want to see that to get the year started, the first game of the year, Ross. Uh, So, yeah, I'd go Forsberg as well. Let us know in the comments on YouTube. Who would you want to see start in goal tonight? Would it be Matt Murray or Anton Forsberg. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Send Central on Instagram, lockedon.senators. And if you missed any of our episodes this week, be sure to go check them out. We've got Angus Crookshank, we've got Carson Latimer, and Send Central citizen Karam, all the way from Wales, Pilsy. So Some we did our interviews. best here. Yeah. We did our best here with 12 straight days without Ottawa Senators hockey, but no longer has the Senators returned to the ice in Calgary again. Twitter, Send Central, live tweets throughout the game. And then join us for the postcast. Yes. The postcast makes its return on YouTube. So 
another reason to go subscribe now so you know exactly when we jump on after the game. And if you're like, oh, man, I'm working, I'm sleeping, it's a late game, you can wake up and in your audio feeds, you'll have our postcast and then tomorrow's regular edition of Locked On Senators dropping around noon where we'll preview a weekend that sees, oh, my God, another Sens game? What are we going to do here? Back to back? Holy moly. Crazy. Let's get it all started. Enjoy the rest of your day. Enjoy the game tonight. And we'll chat in the postcast afterwards. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day.